Good day, everyone. Thanks, uh, Pari, for joining this podcast, which is uh, a virtual medium that we are trying to connect and which is getting into a new normal for the era that we are living in today, especially post-COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And what we will see, the COVID-19 will force a rebirth of many industries as businesses operating in a lockdown will reassess and reimagine the modes of consumption, supply, interactions, and productivity. Recovery will require resilience as industries advance, retreat, adapt, and repeat as necessary. It will be interesting to hear uh, your perspectives and views of how the recovery would happen and appreciate your views. Thanks for joining this podcast, uh, Pari. Thanks, Karthik. We have been discussing with hundreds of customers over the last few months, and uh, we have been able to aggregate some of these insights. And I'd be happy to share during this podcast. And thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Sure. What is the scale and the impact of this pandemic on global industries? And how do you see the ERT space evolving in particular? So we categorize the industries into three buckets. One are the ones who are impacted by the pandemic, um, be it aerospace, hospitality, travel in general, some part of energy. Then the ones which are impacted by economy, which are automotive, non-essential retail, some part of banking. And then the third part is uh, industry, which are business as usual. I mean, even you know, doing slightly better, be it media, software, uh, industry, um, healthcare, and industries like that. So the, each of the industry, the impact has been very different. Right? Obviously, the one industry which is impacted by pandemic, the impact is much higher, uh, and then relatively, in, and it goes down. Um, and the industry which are continue to do good, like in software. And actually, in fact, most companies have the extremely good April to June quarter. So the ERD industry impact is directly linked into the industries these companies uh, service. So the company which are servicing the aerospace industry had a much deeper impact and it will continue for a longer time versus companies which are servicing largely the software industry. So it's it's really based on their uh, end customers. Thanks, Pari. Moving on to the next question. What areas do you believe are most necessary to create a digital technology environment that will enable industries to thrive in the next normal? I think the first is the right technology. Are we investing in the right technology area? So I think that's going to be very, very important. So the key areas we think is going to be a major opportunity is what we call as tele-everything, right? Be it tele-health, uh, tele-education, uh, all of that is going to be a, a major area. Second is contactless commerce. And we are going to be in this period of COVID for a, for a while, right? But till the vaccine comes. So contactless delivery is going to be very important. So across in different industries, this is going to be a big technology area. Third is around intelligent workplace. Now every home is a workplace. And how is technology going to play a role in enabling people to be not just productive, but be more innovative? Fourth is um, digital thread. And if you're talking about industry 4.0, social distancing in factories, and also using the the CAT cam from the, from the software can be used uh, through the value chain, including in servicing of the product in after sales. So how, how can digital threat play a sig significant role? And finally, about next generation governance. Uh, public health is a major crisis. There are going to be other crises coming in. And how is government going to use technology? So these are, these are key technology areas. And for these technology areas to continue to grow and thrive, we need a very strong, consistent policy environment, right? We had issues in DOT, uh, not enabling people to work from home. So how do we ensure policies are in a way that it can allow the growth of technology over the next uh, few years? 
And the third part is a business model. So a lot of times, you know, you have this great technology, but who's going to pay for these technologies, right? Is the customer going to pay for it? If the OEM is investing in this technology, how are they going to monetize this technology? To having the right business model, which variableizes the cost, and the risk is transferred across the value chain from customer to the OEM to the suppliers. Um, that is going to be very, very important. And finally, the most important of all of that for a, a strong digital and technology environment is the skills. You have a lot of people both in, in the engineering and R&D services industry as well as customer industry focusing on the legacy technologies. So for us to be able to move into the new environment, we need the the talent to be reskilled in some of the modern technologies. That is going to be very, very important. The companies and the service providers would drive that faster, you know, will make a big difference creating this new environment. Thanks, Parai. Moving on, what are your thoughts on sectors that will drive the next phase of growth and innovation? And what are the pivots on which they will transform? It's very clear, right, that the industry which is going to drive a lot of this transformation is uh, the digital, the software industry. Because that is going to be the, the foundation for, uh, for companies, be it in creating an intelligent infrastructure. Every company is moving into cloud, right? And, and the large tech giants and others uh, which will enable companies to move into cloud is going to be very, very important. Second is a lot of the work will get automated, even in the factory or even in a, in an, a white-collar environment, um, you know, things are going to get automated. The companies which are going to enable automation, it's going to do really well. And third is in terms of security and compliance. Now that people are working from home, security is becoming a ma major issue, right? Uh, there are so many um, security threats from across the world uh, companies are facing on a daily basis. How do you enable the right level of technology? So the companies which are focusing on these technology areas uh, will drive the growth. And the companies which adopt these technologies in the enterprises will again drive the growth in those specific individual uh, verticals. Thanks, Parik. Moving on, how critical is it to embrace the agile innovation methodologies and how can teams remain remotely agile through COVID-19? Yeah, I think this is a great question. Right? So agile in, uh, technology has been around for a long time. You know, a certain part of the industry had adopted that technology. But today, it's becoming very, very critical. It's becoming critical because things are changing so rapidly, right? Uh, it's very difficult for companies to plan okay, this is the product going to be uh, coming out in the next three years, five years, because the market environment changing rapidly. So the teams have to adapt to the changing in market and then, and then prioritize the right features. Um, and so agile becomes very, very important. And one of the biggest concerns about agile adoption is you need to have teams co-located. So a lot of the companies say, hey, I want the teams to be working in, from my office in one location so that they can have the daily scrum meeting and drive that. But today with every individual working from home, that problem is on some level that um, argument has been resolved. So now the question is, how do you make it work in a remote environment where people are um, working in different countries in different time zones? That continues to be a big issue. The companies which have done well is the ones who have able to allocate work units in a way that each of these remote teams, be it in India, be it in China, be it in Eastern Europe, be it in the US, are able to work on it independently and they're empowered to make those decisions. So they don't have to work through time zones. So one is the work from home as enable people don't have to be in the office and it can be anywhere in the world. Second is the work allocation 
in getting into these individual self-contained teams i think second that is uh, the another uh, major differentiation in terms of how to make these agile innovation work and the third part is in a in a traditional mechanical embedded led uh, industry it is always very difficult for them to adopt agile but our view is if you look at the overall engineering and r&d spend over the next few years the digital engineering part of that is continue to increase and and that will make agile innovation technologies easy for companies to adopt in in traditional industries such as automotive uh, medtech and other industries as well so continuing on the same question pari do you see that agile with distributed environment would be the new normal absolutely we believe that is going to be a, a key differentiation and also it is going to change how the teams are structured usually you know if you look at it uh, engineering service provider you have uh, directors delivery directors you have delivery group managers you have managers and they have teams and the teams were three levels you know separated from the customer in an agile world the teams get closely integrated with the customer um, and with the customer and the role of the manager becomes a role of a coach rather than somebody who is getting the information from the customer and passing on the level of there will be direct communication between uh, these global teams so that's going to be a you know a big difference in terms of how global teams are structured sure thanks parai uh, moving on from a growth uh, planning perspective companies should pay closer attention to the geographical concentration of critical activities and functions what are your thoughts on this uh, trend uh, pari absolutely we just did a, um, a research looking at the kind of work companies do with their global operations and service providers in different locations what we found was 90% of the work um, during the covid crisis didn't have an impact but about 10% of the work had an impact because there was concern about people working from home they have access to in customer data they have access to critical ip which customers which companies are worried about people having access to from their home uh, in a country which is 10000 miles away so there is going to be some level of work reallocation uh, which is going to be done so what we are seeing companies do is to have the overall job roles analyzed uh, from different dimensions right in terms of infrastructure suitability security suitability uh people suitability and come back with rating and say okay here are the roles which could be delivered from a global location and here are the roles um which needs to be uh, done internally so that rebalancing will happen however a view is in the, from a current global portfolio about 10% of the work could get rebalanced or moved back another 10 20% of the work could you know potentially come back to global location so that's one part the second part is also this in the tension right now between the western world and china right that is creating some level of decoupling in certain industries especially in medtech or in pharmaceutical it's a lot of decoupling going to happen so we also going to see a rebalancing of the global footprint of companies where a country like india or uh, countries in latin america or eastern europe will gain over the work which is being currently done in china which will get transition to uh, some of these uh, areas the third part of this whole uh, geographical concentration part is um, individual countries want to be self reliant on certain technology areas largely around uh, our current viewers around telecom uh, as well as uh, pharmaceutical there will be self reliance in terms of uh, supply chains getting rebuilt for resilience in individual countries 
that is a third you know kind of dimension which is impacting how the jobs and activity get distributed across various geographical locations so thanks uh, parig and moving on how can r and d players be a part of the next growth story and what is your advice to businesses and r and d companies on collaboration and partnerships r and d players have a, a significant role to play in helping their customers transform their business over the next few years if you look at any industry right you go and talk to companies in telecom in automotive to a large extent the second and third category the first category which are impacted by pandemic it's going to take them for them to take time for them to come back but the ones which are impacted by the economy and the economy comes back they will come back and they all continue to invest in r&d and the third category which is the company which are already doing good um, which think this a bit this pandemic is going to be benefit they are accelerating in the roadmap so a lot of there is a significant amount of movement of effort from legacy into new in these companies so for erd players there are there are two key areas where you can add significant value one is how do you ensure you have complex know how to manage legacy a lot of times erd providers have provided support in managing legacy but in the future you want to free up bandwidth from your customers so the customers can focus on building something new where you using your complex know how you are able to run entire body electronics or specific value chain completely for company to manage the legacy so that's one big area and also managing legacy in more innovative uh, business models which variableizes the overall r&d cost for the customer the second is how do you now accelerate the build up of the newer skills with customers customers in western countries be it us or europe the biggest challenge for them for accelerating is not the money there is a lot of money available uh, in the in the market today but it's the access to talent so how can engineering and r&d providers provide them access to uh, this talent and train them and, and provide this access to talent to the customers that will help customers accelerate and a third party you asked about collaboration and more and more we talk to customers um end customers be it large oems it's very clear that they don't want to build technology from scratch they want to rely on existing platform providers be it company like microsoft or for ibm or google or amazon and other companies and for erd providers very similar to what the it companies have done building the strong partnership with these platforms and having skills on these platforms is going to be very important for you to help your customers on their overall digital journey so so that becomes so complex know how around legacy future skills on new all the new areas for digital acceleration and third is very strong partnership with the tech giants as well as some of the cutting edge startups which are coming in the market and using that to help your customers accelerate on the digital journey all three are going to play a big role for erd providers um you know to drive the growth of the industry going forward sure thanks for a couple of questions before we wrap up the session one uh, you talked about uh, innovation getting accelerated so do you expect this to be coming up in bite sized model instead of one big uh, change that is going to happen across our clients um bite sized meaning it's going to be um more incremental innovation or do you expect this to be an incremental innovation or a disruptive innovation parig uh, the point of view we are taking to market is the time for pocs is gone right right now it's about time for 
um, where companies make bets on large digital acceleration and scale those quite rapidly. So our view is the innovation is going to be driven through more disruptive innovation over the next two to three years compared to more incremental innovation. That's how the market was operating for the last you know, five or six years. So top three technologies that you think uh, would be relevant for the next five years, which would see a scale for ERD providers? Yeah, the, the key uh, for ERD providers because ERD providers bring in the physical and digital world together. And in that sense, focus on digital thread where you're focusing on next generation product design, digital manufacturing, digital field services. That is going to be a very, very uh, focus area. The second is around anything tele, right? Telemedicine to teleeducation, all of that is going to be a, another big area. And third is um, how do you enable an intelligent workplace for both the white collar workers as well as blue collar workers. So how do you build enabling technology and service your customers? So these are going to be the key technology areas we believe is going to be critical. Sure, thanks, Pari. In summary, uh, I would probably uh, put you on a spot with uh, three words that brings to your mind when you think of COVID-19, personally and professionally. For example, I was just thinking about health, empathy, and uh, gratitude as something that I felt are the three traits that describe the COVID-19. And if you look at professionally, I would look at agility, adaptability, and resiliency. And similarly, just want to hear your three words, personally as well as professionally, that describe the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, professionally, I would summarize into one word, which is what we call as anti-fragility, right? The term came by the, the person who wrote the Black Swan uh, book. The anti-fragility is when a system gets better when it faces stresses. I think that is what, um, you know, professionally what we have seen as a team uh, get better in terms of, you know, how we solve customer problems, how we come up with thought leadership, uh, how we come up with new frameworks to look at what is happening in the world. And we've seen the acceleration of innovation with the company because we face these uh, new stresses in pandemic. I would say anti-fragility is a word which defines it. On the personal side, as an entrepreneur and a, and a consultant, till since we started the company, I've not been home for such a long time. I'm pretty sure, Karthik, I'm pretty sure it's the same for you. And spending that much time with family has been uh, fun. Uh, getting back to travel the way uh, we used to, I think it's going to be hard uh, whenever we start uh, traveling back. No, that's true, Pari. And I've never been together with my wife and two sons together for the last four months. We have never happened in the last 10 years, so that's true. Yeah, initially I was worried that they are going to say, hey, you know, there's too much of you, but uh, I think they've, they've taken it nicely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Pari. I appreciate your time and thanks for all your insights. And it has been uh, absolutely fantastic and uh, great to connect with you again. Thanks, Karthik. Thanks for inviting me to the podcast.